0: Hello and welcome to the first of a series of podcasts. My name is Marco and I'm a Product and Marketing Manager for SFS Smoke and Fire Safety. We are part of Excite Hargreaves. We offer our expertise from design to commissioning of fire and smoke control systems. We are interested in supporting the industry and through the experts we work on our daily basis we want to get and share different perspectives, uh, insights and provide an understanding of what's happening in our fast-paced changing industry. This podcast is focused on listening to the expert opinion and we will be impartial. We would like to be your focal point of knowledge so if you have any questions for fire and smoke uh, safety just get in touch with us. Can I now ask you Paul to introduce uh, yourself?
1: Hi, yes, I'm Paul, and thank you very much for asking me to chat today. Um, I've had a long career in design development, testing and application of fire-resisting smoke control products, uh, and this is supplemented by an understanding of ventilation and smoke control, having also worked with building construction in these areas for a long time. Uh, I'm also fully aware of the strong commercial requirements of working in manufacturing and contracting companies, at a senior level, providing such products and systems to a competitive marketplace. I'm a chartered mechanical engineer. I've been active in standards development, bringing wide experience to both BSI and SEM committees as a chairman and also as a member. More recently, I've been providing consultancy services for fire dampers, smoke control dampers and smoke control systems. And also with two other colleagues, uh, we're about to offer a series of CPD-style training on smoke control systems. I've also published a book entitled Smoke Control Dampers, which provides further information about them and their requirements in smoke control systems. And that's available through Amazon.
0: Thanks, Paul. So I have a question for you. That's the first one. What would you say is the most Common uh, assumption made uh, when uh, designers and clients are selecting uh, smoke control dampers?
1: I think that the, the most uh, difficult thing that they uh, have to come to terms with, uh, first off, is the fact that they don't understand the difference between fire dampers and smoke control dampers. And this has mainly been caused by uh, the use of the phrase fire and smoke dampers. Uh, and this uh was a, a, a name that's grown into the industry and started probably back in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, it last century. And it means that it's got into common parlance. But what we've got um, since uh, the late noughties is that we have two separate products, fire dampers and smoke control dampers. And what we commonly call fire and smoke dampers are actually... Um fire dampers with a, a leakage classification. So they're there to prevent the movement of smoke, not to control smoke. So what uh, we're trying to do at the moment as an industry is get to people to understand that there are essentially three products, FDs, which are a fire damper, which would be a curtain type damper, motorized fire dampers with an ES classification which in, uh, used uh, uh, is method four in ADB uh, and that is for use of sleeping risk areas and to protect the scare routes and the third product is a smoke control damper which is required for use in smoke control systems of all, all types uh, and that would also have an ES or an ES1000 classification to make the fire testing equivalent with
0: a fire damper. Do you reckon it's quite difficult to, to educate the industry and make people understanding there are three different products at this moment in time?
1: Yes, but it, but it is as simple as that. There are just three products, FDs, MFDs and SCDs.
0: Thank you. My second question for today would be about test and product standards with regards to smoke control dampers. So what would you say are... Which are the correct test and product standards for designers, clients, uh, users, uh, when they are selecting these kind of dampers?
1: Okay, so it's quite clear for um, smoke control dampers and they have their own set of standards. And if we start with the uh, test standard, that test standard is EN1366 part 10. And that allows you to do two different types of tests, depending on the application of the smoke control damper. One is a duct-mounted test. So if, for instance, you were um, designing a basement, you would be having ductwork associated with your dampers. So they would have a, a, a test uh, associated with ductwork. Uh, and then if you're doing what we would commonly call an above-ground system in an apartment block, then these would be wall-mounted um, smoke control dampers. And there's a different test for those within the standard as well. Then you have a classification um, where uh, that's defined in a standard called EN13501 part four, which allows you to classify things like smoke control dampers and smoke control ducts. And then finally for the manufacturers, uh, there's a product standard called EN12101 part eight. Uh, and this gives the manufacturers the requirements that they have to follow to nowadays UKCA or UKNI mark, as well as CE marking. And this is a, a commercial requirement for them. And whilst it seems like an easy way to specify smoke control dampers, if you're firm with that specification and you've got a requirement for things to be extra large or outside the scope, then you can't require a UKCA or CE mark.
0: So would you say that in a specification would be more important to mention the test and classification standard rather than C-UKCA marking? Or what would be an impartial position to write a correct spec in your opinion?
1: Well, I think what you should be doing is um, referring to the test standard which is EN 1366 part 10 to repeat it. And then you should be giving the classification that you want. So for, for instance, you'd have a, an E integrity, uh, a, an S leakage, uh, 1000 uh, 1, Pascal um, pressure requirement. And then you've got to make other decisions within the classification uh, in terms of manual or uh, automatic activation. but. Yes, a combination of the test standard and a classification string defining the products that you want to use.
0: Right, so that should be the perfect specification in the ideal world. Do you think there are certain elements uh, that designers and specifiers should be avoiding when writing uh, those specs?
1: Um, One of the things that uh, you see is that people write in everything single standard that they can think of but they haven't looked into it so they're trying to pass the responsibility down the chain by just saying consider all the standards and make the right choice whereas it's a relatively simple choice if they if they give you the correct test standard and the correct classification
0: so back again we are into that first question and about education in our industry that's my key takeaway
1: Yes, that's right. Yes, it's quite simple, but it's a case of people actually learning uh, and following the simple rules.
0: I don't want to be going off track, but who do you think is the key responsibility when we're talking about educating uh, the industry? Should it be more deemed to suppliers? Should it be more due to the individual? I think
1: it's a combination of all of those because if you... Uh, one of the things that we're going through at the moment is uh, our big changes in terms of competency um, as a requirement from the uh, from the government and as a result of the uh, Grenfell Tower tragedy and, and uh, Dame Judith Hackett's report and uh, learning about this stuff and, and making sure that you have your own level of competency must be something that individuals will need and Also looking at that from company perspectives, uh, making sure that people within your company are passing on or requesting the correct things uh, is the best idea because you have a responsibility as a designer.
0: Thank you. So thinking about designing these uh, smoke systems, uh, what do you reckon in your opinion uh, those uh, two, three, five key critical elements that should be considered every time
1: well one of the things that often gets overlooked because we're looking at smoke control and uh, people lose sight of the fact that we also have to look at compartmentation and if nothing else works we fall back on compartmentation so compartmentation must be designed to work and that's why one of the reasons that we have uh, smoke control dampers and smoke control ducts and and builders work shafts that are built correctly, is that a smoke control damper is, is probably the only product that we allow to breach compartmentation. So if we look at a fire damper, it will shut and stay shut and maintain compartmentation. But to relieve smoke and heat from a fire situation, smoke control dampers have to open. And you then have to have a clear clear um, path to the outside uh, of the building to remove that heat and smoke, and we also need a clear path for makeup air to get in because uh, one of the points I always say is you cannot suck on a closed box. So selecting the smoke control damper um, correctly, because if we're looking at a an above ground apartment system, the only damper that will be open will be the one on the fire floor to allow the smoke to escape. uh, And all the other ones will be staying shut to maintain the compartmentation of the shaft that goes to the building. And it's a similar thing with uh, the smoke control ductwork in a basement uh, and the supply ductwork as well. We need the dampers to be open to provide the paths, but we need them to be closed to protect the compartmentation into the other areas and zones.
0: And do you think there are other key, critical elements when we are choosing uh, smoke and fire dampers we should be considering?
1: Um, well, this this is this is the problem, uh, and this is this is the other issue with regard to specifications. Um, don't don't use the term fire and smoke damper, and don't think by swapping it around and calling it a smoke and fire damper it does something different. And um, we must be selecting smoke control dampers because they're tested to maintain closure and compartmentation, but they're also tested to maintain opening to allow and keep that path for extract and supply clear.
0: Now, that's great. And thinking about our industry, which uh, we didn't mention at the beginning, it's very fast-paced, but it's also changing dramatically over these uh, days. What do you think uh, about one of the key challenges uh, we might face over the next uh, months and years to come?
1: Um, Well, actually, I'm going to give you three. (laughs) The first two um, is the knowledge of smoke control systems in general. uh, And the second one is the requirement for building owners and other people to keep them tested, working and maintained. There are many, many systems out there in apartment blocks and and other buildings that need inspecting and perhaps correction both in terms of their design and their components and then for new products we the key thing it's uh, we need space in buildings to put in the services we need the space to install the ducts and the cables and the dampers Um, and this requirement needs to extend as far as architects and consultants and not be pushed out to a level that means that people are trying to fit stuff and they can't follow manufacturer's instructions on the installation. Um, and that's going to change as well because of the proposed gateway system, certainly for high high risk buildings at least, and probably it should be best for others, that Ariba stage four, it's um, gonna be the requirement for a solid design not things that are left open to be decided and squeezed in at the last minute.
0: I fully agree with you. yeah, there's no one. at least three. <laughs> and uh, if you could pick up, pick up one thing uh, that we should change uh, over the next uh, months and years uh, to improve our industry, making it feeling safer, better, and uh, you know more robust. What do you think that should be?
1: Um, well We need to make the change to doing it right uh, rather than doing the bare minimum. Um, A lot of the guidance documents are left simple uh, and they're only really meant for simple buildings. And we're getting more and more complex buildings and we're trying to get more out of them. Uh, And they have to put in a minimum level rather than a required level. And they put in the minimum levels with the expectation that experts expand between the lines and provide properly safe buildings for the occupants.
0: Thanks, Paul. If you have any other thing you might want to add, that would be great. Uh, Otherwise, I think you gave uh, a very strong, robust and insightful overview about our industry and how it is and how it might change uh, in the future. So... like to say thanks. I'm sure uh, the industry will find uh, your CPD presentations uh, very important and very formative. so good luck with that and uh, with your book. And in general, we would like uh, to hope you found this podcast interesting and useful for your everyday practice, uh, so thanks for listening. This will be posted on our LinkedIn page, so SFS Smoke and Fire Safety, on our website and other uh, social media. More podcasts uh, talking about different topics will be coming over the next uh, months. So thanks for the attention from uh, Paul Marco and SFS Smoke Fire Safety.